I'm Rob. And I'm Nate. And welcome back to Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. This is week three of our Mystery Pack Month, and we are pre-recording before we watch the, yeah. the movie because we don't yet know what the movie is. We're doing some kind of experimental stuff because it was such a mixed two bags that we decided we would do two movies from the bundles, and then we would... Select two. two kind of randomish things. And I decided in honor of the Mystery Pack Month that I was not actually going to pick a title. I have a lot of DVDs. I have my DVD collection, according to my app, says I have 782 movies. And that's just the ones that I have a DVD of. There's actually more in my collection if you count the ones that I only own digitally. Because yeah. I don't put the digital on the I internet. thought we were going to be doing YouTube movies. But we're doing something for your DVD collection instead. Yeah. Okay. That's, That's fine. what I told you. That's fine. I misinterpreted. Yeah. So I'm in the app that has my total collection, and if I shake my phone, it does a random selection. There will be a few that I'll boycott. Like earlier when I was doing a test, it brought up a Jeff Dunham special. I consider that a TV show, mm-hmm. not a movie. So I'll boycott something like that. And does it show you? It looks like it shows you like five or six. No, this is I. Can, oh, this okay. is scrolling through my collection. So this, I mean, yeah, you could scroll through the whole thing, but if I'm in this thing, and then as I'm about to do, shake my phone. Uh-huh. Well, what are we going to get? Despicable Me. Do we want to go with Despicable Me, or do we want to say do, best let's, out of let's three? Let's do three. Yeah, okay. Okay. So Despicable Me is one option. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Yeah, Mr. Smith. Or For the Love of the Game. I've not seen that. Which one do you want to do? want to do that? Sure. So we're watching For Love of the Game. 1999. 1999, okay. It's a listed as a drama sports romance. Drama sports romance. Yes. The sports romance. Yep. We'll be back after we watch the movie. Welcome back. We've just finished watching the movie. We have watched For For Love of the Game, the 1999 movie that runs two hours and 17 minutes. Yeah, it is. Long movie now, long movie then. Mm-hmm. You didn't have too many super long movies back then. Well, I guess you did. Had some. It's you know, long this for is, the type of movie that it is. Yeah, this is directed by Sam Raimi. The what bo- interesting choice. Yeah. Spider-Man, The Evil Dead, they made a baseball movie. Yeah. The, this is based on a book written by Michael Shera. Michael Shera, who wrote The Killing Angels, a very famous Civil War book. Yeah. That's, that's for you, Jackson. <laughs> I remember something you said. And the screenplay was written by Dana Stevens, who also wrote the screenplay for City of Angels. Okay. Which you can probably see after seeing I can seeing see this. some thematics, yeah. She also wrote the screenplay for Safe Haven. She's written for the TV show Fatherhood. And this is one of her other top works. The movie stars Kevin Costner as Billy Chappell, a pitcher for the Detroit Tigers who's been pl- playing the game for 19 years. Mm-hmm. Professionally. Yes. For the Tigers the whole time. Yes. His romantic interest in this movie is Jane Aubrey, played by Kelly Preston. This movie also features John C. Riley as Gus Sinski, the catcher. Jenna Malone as Heather Aubrey, Kelly Preston's daughter. It's got Brian Cox in it in a side part. J.K. Simmons, Vin Scully plays himself. Vin Scully is still alive. I found out he's 94. And then various other player, you know, piece players. players. Yeah. But the main cast of the movie is, is Kevin Costner and Kelly Preston. 
The movie is told kind of in a back and forth style. You know, it features a it's lot got of a flashbacks. Story, yeah, yeah, with a lot of flashbacks. Kevin Costner, or sorry, Billy Chappell, played by Kevin Costner, is like I said, he's been playing for 19 years. Brian Cox is the owner of the of the Detroit Tigers, and informs Kevin Costner before this game that he's selling the team and that the new owners want to trade him to the Giants in San Francisco. He's also found out that day that Jane is moving to London. She didn't show up for their rendezvous, and he's just not feeling things. And he goes to the stadium to start the game, and he's warming up, and he's talking with J.K. Simmons, and basically has just made up his mind he's putting it all on the line today. And so he has this pretty good back and forth with J.K. Simmons Mm -hmm. about who's going to be his catcher. And he goes out there and he just throws like it's his last game ever. And, of course, because this is the movies, he throws a perfect game, something that rarely, if ever, happens in baseball. It's the type of thing that if you're a baseball fan and have baseball alerts on your phone, doesn't matter what team it is, if someone's getting getting late in that eighth inning, you'll get a notification about it on your phone. Well, Vin Scully says in some of his dialogue that he had covered one before in a World Series like the early 60s. Yeah. And that he never thought he'd see one again. Yeah. They're very rare, but Kevin Costner finishes the perfect game against the child of someone that he previously played with who's now playing in his first game in the majors. Yeah, Nay, what are your first thoughts on this movie? What did you know about it coming into I this? I knew that it was a baseball movie and that it was a romance. It had been described as a, as a drama sports romance, which is kind of an unusual combination of things. Yeah, that was the categories it was classified under in the app on my phone. Uh, I knew basically that. I knew it, you know, and it, you was knew it was an Kevin, a, Costner. A Kevin Costner, kind of at the point where... He's kind of old to be playing a baseball player, so I figured it'd be kind of a twilight of a career kind of kind of story. Yeah, but I didn't really know anything beyond that. So now I had avoided looking looking into it. Well, I mean, we didn't really have much of a yeah. chance. I, I after it was going for a while, I'm like, how long is this thing? And I, I googled that. I'm like, wow, this is a long movie. Yeah. So now that we finished the movie. What are your first thoughts? I didn't want to like it. I liked it. I fought liking it. Oh, yeah, you did. For for so much of the movie. I'm just like, this. nobody talks about this. This is kind of an autopilot and another baseball movie, and it's kind of schmaltzy. And it is kind of schmaltzy and corny. It is very heavy on the cheese. It, it really is really heavy on that. But damn it, it worked. Yeah. Like, it won me over. When John C. Riley gives that encouraging speech, <laughs> that is the moment... When it it went from two stars to two and a half, it was not the moment you started caring about the movie. Though you started caring caring about this movie, and I made note of it specifically in the fourth inning. Oh, did I? Yes. Uh huh. Because there was the moment I forget what's happening in the movie, but you made a comment about wanting something to work, and I said, Nate, you're liking this, and you said, Am I? And I said, Well, yeah, because well, otherwise no, you wanted to go back to the game because, and the game to get because, over with. Uh, you made some other excuse, but it was because no, no, it was starting to... She, he, about uh, going to do something with Kelly Preston, or like, go go, go in and see her, and, and yeah. it was like, go in and see her! Yeah, because you were starting to care about the movie, and you were Indeed. starting to like it. Not because, you know, like, uh-huh. like I told you in the moment, 
if you wanted this movie to, to if you didn't care about this movie, you'd want it to go back to the baseball game well, so it was over. As I told you at that moment, I know now know this is a two hour seventeen long minute long movie. I'm not a big baseball guy, guy and so he's got to be with the girl so there's more plot to keep me entertained. That that was just your justification for liking Indeed. the movie because you were still actively trying to not like the movie uh-huh. at that point, but it was starting to show. Yeah, I mean, it it it, it there's a lot in this movie. That's that's bad. Yeah, and and the early part of this just movie, too over the top, over the top. And I I was I wrote down about the early part of the film. I would describe it as mildly unpleasant because everybody is in downer mode, and it took me a while to kind of like the two leads together for that relationship to develop. And it was it was just such a downer because it's like yeah, everything's over and everything's down. And 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 then it kind of. Before you knew it, you know, when he's like, has anybody been on base? Yeah. No. Nobody's been on base. And then he realizes, I'm pitching a perfect game. And then all of the the rest of the team is like, okay, we got it. We got it. We will be there for you. Yeah. Because we don't suck right now. Yeah, we don't suck right now. We're the best best team in the league right now. Yeah. And yeah, it was, I liked it in spite of myself. This is one of the advantages that come from seeing a film blind. And not expecting it. And, yeah. Yeah. It's a different experience than if you're like, okay, I'm sitting out to see this film. Yeah. Because then you have your kind of expectations and things. And as I've said before, when I don't know what to make of a film there's a certain level of discomfort until I know w- what lane it's in. And there, there's been movies that the first time I watched it, I haven't liked it because I hadn't been able to figure out what it was. And then I have to watch it again to kind of know what I think about it. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to need to watch this one again. And this does not pretend to be anything it, that it's It does not. not pretend to be anything of, of great depth, but it it surprised me a bit. And early on... When I'm like, I think this whole movie is going to be about the one game. I mean, it's for the love of the game, singular. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know where it was going for the longest time. The other wisecracks you were having fun with is that comparing this to Gilmore Girls. Yeah, yeah. There was there, yes. We made a number of those comparisons. We're uh, we're uh, Kevin Costner was Luke in an alternate universe where he he succeeds at baseball. Yeah. Because Kelly Preston had her daughter when she was 16. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that that storyline. This movie, though, you know, this is not like an all-time great movie. This is not going to be an Academy Award-winning film. So I was curious what awards this was nominated for. And I'm only going to read one Mm -hmm. because it's probably the only one that's worth reading. It was a Blockbuster Entertainment Award. (laughs) It was a nominee for Jenna Malone Mm -hmm. for Favorite Supporting Actress in a Drama or Romance. Jenna Malone is in all of seven minutes of this movie. It was also, I guess I am going to read more awards. It was also also a Razzie Award nominee for Worst Actor for Kevin Costner. A Stinker Award nominee for Worst Actor for Kevin Costner. Jenna Malone also was a nominee for Best Performance in a Feature Film for Young Artist, the Young Artist Award. You like John C. Riley in this movie too. I didn't like John C. Riley. I like John C. Riley. And this generally. is probably the skinniest I've ever seen John C. Mm-hmm. Riley. You know, you want to like John C. Riley, but a lot of his movies aren't great. Uh, Walk Hard is a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Well, Step Brothers is a guilty mm-hmm. pleasure for me. Holmes and Watson was awful. That's what we hear. Yeah. 
But John C. Riley, he I mean he's playing a straight part here. Yeah. Yeah, this movie it's pretty pretty straightforward. It's I mean, I, I don't know how much that else to add on this. We've said most of it. I'm gonna hurry and glance at trivia and see if well actually let's do box office first. Yeah, I'm kinda of curious how this Ooh, eighty million dollar budget. Oh wow. How that nineteen ninety nine. That's a lot. And I'm I don't know that's how gotta on go to Kevin Costner. Yeah. Kevin Costner's gotta be at least twenty million of that. Well Kelly Preston would have gotten a good chunk. Brian Cox and J.K. Simmons probably got paid a, a decent amount, yeah. but not ninety or eighty million. Yeah. This had a U.S. opening weekend of thirteen million, a U.S. gross of thirty-five million, yeah. and a worldwide gross of just forty-six oh, million. That's a loser! It did not have a perfect game. Oh, oh! The shots of Billy Chappell's parents at the beginning of the movie are Kevin Costner's actual parents. Oh. The umpires in the film are actual Major League um, Baseball umpires. Mm-hmm. Do I want to read that one? It was reported that Kevin... This is coming from the trivia section of IMDb. It was reported that Kevin Costner was angry with Universal Pictures because they cut his full frontal shower scene. Costner told Newsweek that the studio lacked real courage by insisting that the film have a more kid-friendly rating. But a studio executive told New York Magazine that a test audience in Arizona gave a thumb down to thumbs down to Costner's manhood. The audience giggled at Kevin Kevin's penis. Then in focus groups, they said, do we really need to see Kevin Costner's penis? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not exactly an adult movie. This is a, this is a movie that you want to, to have a rating like that. It's a big tent inspiring. Yeah. This is not the movie for Kevin Costner's Ding Dong. This was Kevin Costner's third baseball movie. Oh, okay. I know you can name one of them. Can you name the third? Well, obviously... Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm struggling. This might be the one trivia question I ask you that you don't actually okay. know. Okay. All right, tell me. Bill Durham. Oh, yeah. Yeah, from know, 1988. Know the name. Yeah, I think that's all I'm going to read out of the trivia section. Pretty straightforward film. Pretty straightforward review of it. I don't know how much there else there is to say on this. Yeah. Uh, how would you rate this movie? Better than I expected. I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it two and a half. And I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Yeah. I might bump it up to a 7, but otherwise I think you're pretty well right. Mm-hmm. You know. There are this parts right of this that, it's were, watchable. that were really strong. And some yeah. of the baseball stuff towards the end was like really solid stuff. But the the, the mixture of the, the baseball story and the kind of melodrama was different. Odd. It, it was odd. It was very much like a date compromise movie personified. <laughs> That's like true. It's a baseball movie and it's a romance. Well, and then the, the, this is, I'd say the 80s and the 90s were the heyday of the romantic comedy movies mm-hmm. or of the romance movies. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't a romantic comedy, but, and so I, I feel like this is just a studio trying to check a box, you know? Kelly Preston was, I mean, I, I don't, I know the name and I've seen her in things, but she's never made a huge impression. I thought she was perfectly serviceable here. Yeah. I, I think what I was going to say was it's it's still just a watchable film. Yeah, like, it's watchable. Mm-hmm. It's I don't think either one of us will be going out of our way to rewatch this anytime soon. No, well, if it comes on the TV in but 15 years, if, I might watch it. If the opportunity comes along, I don't know that we yeah. necessarily say no to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if it came up on my phone again with my wife, I'd probably watch it again. Mm-hmm. So, although I think this may have inspired my wife to play this game on the weekends and watch movies that way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, again, this was just a fun way to see a film. It's different. 
I don't know if I said this before we were recording or, or while we were recording, just that it's a different experience when you know what you're getting into as opposed to going in blind. And yeah. every once in a while, it's fun to see something blind. Yeah. Well, we keep talking about doing some of these blind selection things, and this, I think, was just a good way to force us to do that. And yeah. I think if we do the mystery or something akin to the mystery this pack in the month, we do. this will, will probably become the method. Yeah. I mean, I have a collection of 782 DVDs. It's not like there's not a movie we can watch. Yeah. So, yeah. And you, there's enough movies on YouTube and everywhere else, you know, streaming platforms we all have access to. The random selection is an easy way. So, yeah. yeah. Well, if there's nothing else, I'm Rob. And I'm Nate. And this is Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. That was loud. It was kind of loud. Um, are you ready? Indeed. Okay. Welcome back to this episode of Nate Shun's Children's Movies. Oh. Despicable Me. I did. I'm like, I don't know. Once that came up, I'm like, I don't know. Watch Despicable Me. Seen it. You didn't want to do your critical analysis of it? Seen it, but I don't know if I want to see it again. Yeah. All right. Welcome back to Robin Nate Record a Podcast, or I guess I don't really need to do that. And you have not given us our commercial for the week. Pepsi Cola hits the spot. 12 full ounces, that's a lot. Twice as much for a nickel, too. Pepsi Cola is the drink for you. Did you hear that one recently, or did you actually make that up? It's That's an actual I thought so because Pepsi of the jingle nickel. from, I want to say, the 40s. Yeah. And because you now are trying to train my brain to go for obscure commercials, my brain found it in the archives and pulled it up. So it's successful. Yeah. yeah. Pavlovian. I thought it had to have probably been a real one because of the use of the nickel. The nickel. Which now reminds me of the song On the Nickel by Tom Waits. It's not by Nickelback? No. No. On the Nickel is a reference to like winos mm. on the streets. Tom Waits is a reference to winos. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Or miners in San Francisco. I thought this movie was going to be him going to the Giants and rediscovering very early on his love of the game. Yeah, no. That would have been a totally different movie. Yeah. She wouldn't have gone to the the West Coast with him. No. No. Yeah. Any other quick quips? No. Because I didn't give you an opening recording to give me quick quips. Good system. Well, so now I face an editing dilemma. Yeah, yeah. I think I have to cut out the other three out of the edit. Oh, why? Because if we put it out there that Mr. Smith Goes to Washington was an option, you know Jackson's going to comment. Yeah, yeah. 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 So. We'll see. 